Welcome, everybody. Hello, LinkedIn Live land. Let us know who's out there. I always like to uh, have people let us know in the chat what company you're with, where, you, where you're calling in from. Uh, super excited today for another episode of Recruiting is No Joke. I think we're at episode 25. So, um, you know, that's what, a quarter of 100. So I think that's impressive. Most podcasts don't make it past like episode three. So uh, super excited to be here. I've got a great guest. Uh, I think we're going to get a lot of value out of today's conversation. Um, and I just want to give a special shout out to Bright. Oh, wow. Bright Hire. Uh, guys, if you are not using Bright Hire, you need to. Um, transcribing interviews, uh, bringing awareness to your own interview process, reducing bias. Bright Hire has some really great tools, so check them out. And then TA Fam, um, look, it's a tough time for all of us. We all know this. I don't need to kind of uh, repeat it over and over. But Shine Community, go to the Shine Community. We've got a lot of TA pros. We've got jobs posted in there. Talk about networking. It's a great place to go and network. So go to my link tree, which is on my profile, on my LinkedIn page. It says, contact me. I think that's what it says. Go there. Join the Shine community. Uh, so special thanks to Bright Hire for putting that together. Um, but without further ado, welcome to the show, Joy. And Joy, why don't you, why don't you uh, tell us what company you're with and, and what you do, um, and then we'll get into the conversation here. Sure. I am the VP of people at Designity. Designity. And yeah. It. And it's the it's the combination of design and community is where our name came from. And that's really the foundation of so who cool. we are. Yeah. Yeah. And what uh so I, I usually ask the question like how did you get started in, in recruitment? Uh, and I'd love to get to that. But why don't you uh, give us like the 30 second pitch? on Designity and what you guys are doing uh, to give a little bit of context to the conversation here. Yeah, absolutely. So we are a new take on uh, design services and marketing services out in, in the market today. So um, a, the traditional model of having a marketing agency is you have a retainer and monthly hours, that type of thing. And we've actually switched that up. So instead of, uh, we kind of operate like a software as a service company with subscription, but instead we're a service as a service company. So yeah. we actually provide um, a creative director and a wonderful community of creatives that uh, complete and, and do all sorts of design services, marketing services, that type of thing. Very cool. Very cool. Well, we will get into more of that later because I know we were chatting before the show and uh, I feel like I could have, we could have just gone live right away um, and maybe we shut up, but uh, yeah, we'll get, we'll get more into what you guys are doing and I'd love to kind of get your take on, on the market and what you're seeing with candidates as well. Um, but like I said, I always start the show with like, how did you get into um, the people space, recruiting, give us, uh, give us a backstory here. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Recruiting is No Joke. I wanted to give a quick shout out to my sponsor, Bright Hire. The old way of hiring just doesn't cut it anymore, and my friends at Bright Hire are here to help. Bright Hire is a leading interview intelligence platform for improving quality of hire at talent-first companies. Their technology records and transcribes interviews and creates a set of highlights you can revisit and share to streamline the process, improve the candidate experience, and give teams better information to make the best possible hiring decisions. If you're looking to improve your quality of hire and reduce bias in your hiring process, visit brighthire.com today 
and let them know Joel sent you. Now back to the episode. Thanks again. And just started dialing for dollars, figuring out the industry and the roles and um, played dumb for a while so I could learn more about it to eventually build those relationships. And so that's where I started um, as, as an executive search consultant. And, and, that, and that was, was that contingent search? It was, yeah, primarily. We did some retained searches, but yeah, it was primarily contingent search. Cool, cool. Yeah. Cool. So from there, I, um, you know, did, I bounced around, did the family thing, had, had kids, was able to, um, luckily enough, early, early on, work from home remotely. We, we moved, and so um, I remember how cool it was to have this new VOIP thing and and be able to make a call in nebraska that looked like it was coming from massachusetts and just like how cool that was it's so funny to look back but so i worked from home back in 2007 2008 um, wow that, that is like i mean that's early for working at home yeah yeah and i've been on linkedin so i was looking at my date I, at least 2006 i think was my like been on linkedin forever because that was one of our primary tools back then too so um yeah, like a cool company you worked for. Yeah, it is. It's a franchise um, executive search consulting firm. Um, they, and each of them focus in like a different area. Fortune personnel consultants. It, it, it was really good for um, for what it was and uh, good people, really good people. So it was it was super cool. Um, yeah. I ended up uh, doing some nurse staffing recruiting a few years back. So did that. And then I decided that I wanted to go corporate, which, you know, isn't always fun, but that's what I decided I wanted to do. So I went corporate, but I did. What, what, what kind of drove you to that? Um, they drove you, that doesn't sound very positive. What, what led you to that? Yeah, I think for me, it was the, um, the, the market to some degree and, and being, um, uh, hundred percent commission based. That was just really scary. Um, for me so that that like anxiety um sort of drove me into wanting something with a little bit more stability but i knew i wouldn't be able to just change careers by going wherever i wanted so i took my skill set that i had and i started as a recruiter thanks so much for listening to this episode of recruiting is no joke i wanted to give a shout out to teal teal is an all-in-one job search platform that provides job seekers with an integrated resume builder, job tracker, LinkedIn optimization, contact management, and many more tools. Their new features include GPT-powered AI functionality to help run an effective job search. Over 200,000 people have trusted Teal to land their next job. Install their Chrome extension and get started for free at www t-e-a-l-h-q.com that's www.tealhq.com thanks so much for listening and appreciate your support and uh then i just started raising my hand and saying yes to any project and opportunity that came up eventually got into general hr and um sort of the rest is is history so now i'm in small business that that was in a large company transition to small businesses and and now i'm leading the, the people operations yeah very cool and and that, just out of curiosity too uh obviously works kind of started in that larger organization too internally and now you're at more of like a startup uh organization or you're at you're already a startup so yeah what um i'm always curious like what what are some of like the major differences or what are some of those things that maybe you know people 
might maybe they're not considering uh startups as much right now but uh you know for people who are like interested in maybe making that transition what are a couple of things that you've maybe seen or learned along the way that could be could be helpful for them yeah so um i will say like the the big company you've got all of the support services if you're if you're a large organization so like we had an hr service center we had a leave team we had all of these different support yeah yeah a comp yes exactly a comp group a performance group like yeah. there was a lot of support and i um so i you know made the decision to to leave and landed a job as the you know the one person running hr so that was definitely a like um shocking moment that i maybe didn't think through but i love i'm one of those yeah i know i'm one of those people who i i operate best in controlled chaos and and just a you know medium level of stress so that was probably the biggest like most shocking change was to go from having all of this support group to being the gen the true generalist and like having to solve all of the problems related to people as opposed to just you know one one area yeah makes uh makes a lot of sense well i want to uh just give it i just want to say hi to a couple people in the audience too since we're uh um i, I was like hey everybody say hi and then everyone said hi and just <laughs> didn't even say hi back but we got uh it looks like ayush andre jennifer drew uh, Laszlo, Sophia, Sophia, Isaac, Jackie, Louise, Justin, Willie, welcome to all of you. If you've got questions too, guys, chime in because I think um, Joy's got a great perspective because I think a lot of agency recruiters want to move internal. I also think um, a lot of people, you know, kind of want to even make transitions from like TA, particularly right now. And we were talking about this, you know, kind of before the call, you know, you've, you've posted a couple of jobs recently had a lot of TA people uh, actually applying for those jobs. Um, but I, I love what you said, like in your current organization, you know, like, or in the organization you're in, putting your hand up to do other things, which I think um, probably isn't the most popular thing nowadays. I mean, I hear a lot more about, uh, you know, maybe like not doing anything outside of your job. But the truth is, is if you want to, if you, you want to expand, you kind of yeah. do that. So yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, and that was that was really key. Um, and and I'm one of those people that like throw a problem at me and I'll dive in head first. I have also learned that sometimes that is to my own detriment. So you gotta you gotta do it in moderation. But um, I knew that I wanted to grow, and uh, the only way to do it was to get experience while also leveraging the skill set I already had. Yeah. No, I, I love it. So why don't we? Uh... You know, you, you, your current gig right now, obviously, you're like the the kind of doing everything on the people mm -hmm. side. Um, I'm I'm curious, like, what are you? Because when you, you know, even in kind of explaining your business, obviously, you guys are like helping marketing agency, you're providing like contingent labor, you're building a community. Um, I'm, I guess, I'm I'm most curious in in terms of like what you're seeing with marketing professionals. Like, are you guys seeing a big influx right now? Like, what does that market look like? Um, and just even like with clients, like are you seeing demand for marketing go up? Are you seeing like how is it? Is the community been building a lot? Like what are you seeing out there? Yeah, we've we've had some real success um, in growth in the last couple of years. We we grew we last year. We're looking to double again this year. And honestly, the um, 
the unfortunate aftermath of all the layoffs and stuff that are going on is is companies are reducing their overhead by reducing their labor force because payroll's the biggest expense, right? Um, but those things still have to get done. Just because you eliminate roles doesn't mean the work necessarily goes away. And so it's a combination of you spread it out between the headcount that you do keep, but then some of the services have to be outsourced. So we're working to fill that that open gap um, that now exists if if they have to lay off design teams or that type of thing we come in we offer them uh, reasonably priced instead of instead of the big retainer it's a reasonably priced really clear scope of work um, model where they can have you know ongoing marketing needs and we have a creative director who's their primary point of contact so really gets to know their brand and work directly with them and then we have this large community of creatives from a multitude of different specialties everything from just basic graphic design to app design to mm. um, you know video production those types of things so the clients can take advantage of the the people within our community of a multitude of skill sets without having to hire someone for each role internally so when when it comes to the community two questions first question is like how i mean how are you guys building community like is it through content is it i guess like is that something that you're moderating or do you have people internally that are part of the community that are kind of leading up conversations like how, how do you go and I guess even taking a step back, like what is community? Like, because I think probably it's confusion on what community even means. Right, that's true. For us, I think it's it's how do we add value is the way that I approach it. Are we adding value to the people who are ultimately doing the design work, and are we adding value to our clients? So. Mm. Um, the, the work that our designers do obviously adds value to our clients. So we take a really, really targeted approach on building that community and bringing value adds to them. So one of the phrases that I use is we take the hustle out of freelancing um, for these creatives. Many of them enjoy freelancing. You work on a variety of projects, that type of thing, but you have to do the sales pitches and you have to do the billing and you have to do all these things that yeah. aren't creative. And so we provide them with a platform where they have access to high quality clients without having to do all of the hustle that goes with it. Um, and then we do additional trainings. We have a very active Slack community. We have a creative council um, and they meet every two weeks with the team and do something different. Um, we did last year, we did a virtual reality design at econ where everyone from the community could join and we had speakers present in VR and a, and a super cool, um, like not training day, but a, but a, you know, community building day type thing where we all worked together on projects. So it's, it's all about that. And it's, it's me, it's our creative community and our um, uh, creative council. And then I've got a great talent uh, director who focuses heavily on the creative side of the house as well. Um, and he's a, he's a creative director too. So he's got that, you know, both the people support and the, um, the design background. Yeah, I love that. Do you do you know, uh, like where where did the idea for the business come from? Um, our our CEO was in design school himself, and he saw a need where there was really um, talented individuals that did not have the ability to land some of these larger clients, or they couldn't individually as a single person reach out 
and provide enough value to a client. So it became mm. about how do we build a group of us that collectively it's it's got value to add to the clients. And then it just grew from there. So both our CEO and COO come from a design background. So I think that's probably why they do such a great job of working just as hard to solve problems for the creative community as we work to solve problems for the clients. That's so cool. And what, what about in terms of, of, of clients? I mean, what types of clients do you, are, are you working with? Like, yeah, I get, I get this one all the time. Like what's your primary client? And we don't have one. We intentionally stay very diverse. We don't go after just, just one vertical. Um, it's, it, we've had some great ones ranging from like Calendly to Audible to Kung Fu Tea, and then to some of these smaller startups that um, are either just getting off, off the ground, know they need these design services. We do some really cool rebrands for like bringing things up to date um, and just sort of refreshing brand feel and look. So it's a, it's a wide, I've seen everything from like um, NFTs for athletes to, um, you know, uh, parking meter signs to supporting um, all the marketing for um, cannabis companies. Like it's just such a wide array of things that we do. Which is great, obviously, for the for the community as well to be able to to have that different exposure. Well, we've got we've got a question here, Diane. Well, it's kind of a question, uh, but I'm I'm also curious about this too because it's it's almost like obviously like you guys are working with a lot of contractors and I mean, are they employees or are they contractors? Like how, how, how does that kind of work out? And then yeah, coming into it, that, how does company success? And like, how do you keep the employee experience and engagement there in this type of business? If uh, Yeah. There, there, a majority of them are contractors. Um, one of the ways that we um, have continued to add value and engage with them is we have built out a growth plan very clear growth plan, which is one thing that they, the community specifically asked for. And mm. so from like an aspiring creative who's fresh out of school all the way up to chief design officer, there's really clear steps along the way of what growth looks like. And they can grow as contractors working, you know, however much they want, or after a period of time, have the option to transition to W2 status. Um, if, if that's the direction they're going in, we have some people who have done that as well. But it's this, it's this mapped out growth plan that's really clear. And it's all based on metrics and measurements that they get so they know what's coming next. So I would say like tying company success to employee experience, um, you have to listen to your people and then take action. So like that growth plan is my example of we we heard um, many of them say that we made a change. We provided that to them that feels like it adds value. Um, another one is we we had creative directors who were having capacity issues and wanted more control over how much they worked. So we built a flex model for creative directors. They get to choose how whatever capacity they want to be at. After 60% capacity, they can work 150% capacity. And so... It's about it's about adding that finding a way to add value, which ultimately does tie back to success. Because as a service as a service business, we are nothing without the people who are within our community. Yeah, I love that. That's super. It's a it's a really interesting uh, kind of idea with like the contract workers, but then obviously like you're listening to them like employees because they kind of are in some ways. But yeah, then having to hold it loosely. So how many people are actually a part of the company full time? We're uh, full time, you know, uh, I would say probably around 30 okay. full time. And we've got about 85 in our creative community total. Yeah, I love it. I love it. 
What about, um, I guess, in terms of like your thoughts in just around like this whole idea of, you know, contingent labor as well? Is that something which you think you were just going to continue to see grow? And, and is that something that you're seeing like more and more people interested in? And the other question, and Lee, none of that is like, how do you even vet people? Um, you know, how do, like, do people go through a process? Like, how, do, how does that work? Yeah, so I, I do think, I think that things are going in the direction of contingent labor, at least for a period of time while the industry sort of bounces back. Um, and I see more people being willing to go in that direction. Um, and, you know, it's ultimately, it, it feels better for the bottom line when you're not carrying people on the payroll. So uh, good for the company in that perspective. Um, but but I but to your point, you you have to if you're going to build this community of people, you have to be able to say that you stand behind the quality of the individuals who are within your community, um, especially when they're you know the ones providing service to our clients. So we do go through a really um, detailed vetting process. Um, they they apply. Their portfolios are reviewed by creative directors. Um, we do then a Q&A session and then we do a paid workshop style challenge for them um, that they that they do with our creative directors and then an interview. So we by the time we bring someone within our creative community, we've seen the quality of their work and are 100 percent confident in standing behind it. Now, I love this, too. I think we were talking about this uh, like on our call in setting up uh, in setting up the podcast. And this this idea of like the paid, not necessarily a paid interview, but like a, you know, you're asking for some work. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you're paying people for that. Mm-hmm. Um, where did I guess like where did that come from? And like what what's typically the response from uh, people entering the community with that? Like what how have you and, and at what point do you actually put that into the process? Yeah. So I you know um, to some degree it was in the process before I got here. So I think some of that just goes back to a lot of marketing and design roles. There are frequently some type of test to see the, the, the work that you do. I firmly believe in measuring somebody's quality of work over keywords in a resume. I don't even look at resumes. I, people send them to me and I nope go apply on our site. Um, because it's it's all about the quality of work and it so so at first it was you know we'd send we'd ask them to take a project on their own time and complete it which was great but we did get some you know like i don't want to work for free that type of response which i totally get and respect and so we made a change but um another thing that we've done about it is it's it's a two-hour time slot so when we had people doing the take-home challenges someone may take 16 hours to work on it and one person may take two hours to work on it and i would take 10 minutes right so but yeah right <laughs> it would so be really the, bad though so how do you <laughs> so how you know how do you measure um and so now it's much more clear like the, the it gives us the the opportunity to see how they think and how they ideate and it gives um, candidates the ability to see some of our internal processes and tools and how we work. So we have seen significant increases in great retention since switching to this paid workshop style challenge that we do. What's, uh, yeah, I mean, I was gonna, that was going to actually be my question in terms of retention, but what's like the drop off rate or like what's the, 
you know, because obviously you've interviewed people beforehand. So I'm, I'm just curious, like, of, of like the percentage of people uh, that kind of go through like the take home or sorry, the like the, the workshop. Like, what I guess, what, do you have an idea of like kind of like what that percentage of like success rate is? We, um, we get a lot of applicants and we usually bring on only about 3% of people who apply. So wow. it's, it's a really, um, you know, we're, we're not, we're not Upwork, nothing against them, but they, you know, anybody can put a profile up there. We work to make sure that we have really, really great quality. Um, and so, yeah, we're, we're very careful in the, in the percentage of people we bring on, um, and the quality of work behind that. Yeah, man. Well, I mean, obviously, you're selling then design and marketing services on the back end, so you have to mm -hmm. make sure that the the quality is high. Um, do you ever have any drop off from people like who, you know, they are just like, yeah, I don't want to take this home or oh I yeah, do this this project. Okay, you know, and I, you know, that's fine. I I know that there's a lot of um, you know back and forth out there about. Uh, the lengths that an interview process should take and that type of thing. I would say ours is a little bit different because ultimately at the end of the day, our, our product, if you will, is the work of our people. So we have to really scrutinize there. Um, but yeah, there are many people who are like, I don't, I don't feel comfortable doing that. I don't want to take my time. You should just be able to look at my portfolio, which I totally respect. And I'd say that I tell them that that's great. If it's not for you, that's fine. Um, you know, the, it's not for everybody. And part of it is our sort of unique startup culture of we try new things, we do things differently, we take a different approach, and not everybody is, you know, on board with that. What about like, in, in your thoughts in terms of like, how do you, how do you scale something like that? Or like, have you, I guess, I, I mean, I'm just kind of asking, like, in, in terms of like, if you were to go through um, like a phase where you just really, really like hyper scaling really, really fast. Like, like I'm curious of like, if you thought about like how you would kind of scale that process or like, how do you bet, how do you even manage the time? Cause it's not, I mean, 3% of people kind of getting through, um, you know, that's a lot of time for you, like interviewing. So like, how do you, how, I guess, how do you kind of scale that out in your role? Yeah. So it's, it's all about getting the processes in place and every decision that we make, we try to look at the long term of how does this, if we, if we have, instead of two people, we have 25 people, will this process work? Or if we have five people, will 70 people work? So we try to look forward in that direction and then we, we build out processes and then, you know, tweak them as we go along and learn. But um, I have my creative director team, one of the things that they can do um, to add to their own capacity is reviewing portfolios, reviewing creatives portfolios and projects. So we've got our large team of creative directors who participate in that. Um, we do group Q&A sessions. That was one thing that was kind of a build to scale thing instead of meeting with each person individually. We do group Q&A sessions. Um, and then we do the, the challenges are done in groups too. And you know, again, not everybody loves that. It's really not meant to be a competition though. It's really like providing us your, your own resume in product form type of thing. So it's really much more about building out your own profile because we may have different types of designers on a single workshop meeting. You may have a copywriter and a marketing um, specialist on the same challenge, but they're working on their own separate specialties type of thing. Got it. Yeah, it makes sense. What, what about like internally? So, you know, with like the 30 or so like full-time employees that you have, um, 
I guess like how have you are you kind of doing something similar on on that side of the business as well? Like how, yeah. how do you kind of vet people for that? Yeah, we actually do. Um, we it's it's you know it's been a version one, version two type of thing, but we actually do the same thing for in-house um, recruiting. So like, for example, we're hiring for an account executive. And so I've had, you know, four or five people in a challenge and I give them a certain task to do in certain time periods and they complete it. And it's always, we build it very carefully. So it's always related to their role. So it's all around, you know, learning the product and giving a demo and that type of thing. Um, so whenever we post a job, there's so much that goes behind the scenes in building out the specialty application and building out the custom um, challenge workshop and, and, you know, building out all these very custom things for each role. And then as we scale and we need to hire more of those, we'll be able to refer back. We built this role. Now we need to hire three more and we're ready to go. What, what have you seen in the market recently in terms of just like the open jobs that you have, I guess, in terms of like the volume of applications and then just in, in terms of like, um, you know, like how have you been kind of getting, because I would guess if you're putting a job out right now, you're getting a lot of applications like coming yeah. in. So like mm -hmm. how are you how are you kind of managing that and and um in the same token like are you seeing are you getting like different questions right now from candidates like what what are some of the changes that you've seen from let's say six months ago nine months ago in the, in the market yeah definitely more applicants which you know you you know is going to happen when um you have these activities that are going on in the tech space and and also a lot of unrelated applicants um i think i actually commented on one of your posts earlier this week about you know candidates who apply to, to jobs that don't really necessarily you know people don't did match not their like background. that post, by the way yeah, yeah i did i liked that one for you um <laughs> you. but but it's but it's true like you you have a high volume of applicants and it can slow the internal processes down more so ironically when you know the outside world lays off people if anybody is hiring they need to bulk up on people who are reviewing applications because they're they're pouring in at a much faster rate so whereas before i might have expected 80 applicants a week now i'm at 500 type of thing um so it, it then it becomes down to screening how do we you know narrow them down based on some of the responses within the application and what really matches and coordinates the needs that we're specifically looking for yeah it makes it makes a lot of sense and um well, let's let's talk a little bit about. Um, I know one of the thing one of the questions I get all the time is just, you know, trying to get into the startup world. And I know you kind of touched on that before, like some of the differences. But I guess, like, what advice would you have for people in terms of like how to stand out? Because I know obviously we've got quite a few job seekers on on the chat as well. So I'm curious, like, yeah. from your point of view, what are some things that you think right now with like the how many applicants you're getting? Like, what are some of the things you think people could do to just even stand out yeah um honestly i think number one is is you know your own linkedin profile because in today's world that is what many people look at when they're looking to hire i, I would say 95 percent of our applicants really come from linkedin and so make sure that your profile is up to date and stands out and you know looks looks solid and professional and and is up to date i'd say that's probably number Any, one anything to avoid on there that kind of that you that you've seen where you're like, ah, I don't know what um let's see don't put dates on um graduations 
this is my HR side coming out, right? Never put when you graduated. Um, what else? Uh, I, you know, just a solid professional looking um, headshot is, is good. Um, you just remember that that's often one of the first things that people will look at. So yes, working on a resume is great, but I, I, I don't know if anyone's done the math, but I personally would think that if I had uh, the statistics of how many, how long people spend looking at resumes versus how long people may spend looking at LinkedIn profiles, I would, I would wager that it's more time looking at LinkedIn profiles. Um, so that, you know, may be a way to stand out. Um, you know, know your audience, make sure that you're applying to roles that actually do match your background um, because it, it just blinding a resume to an industry you want to be in, unfortunately it just won't work um, because there's, you know, there's a lot of talent in the market right now. Um, and then, you know, build up your own um, community, get involved, talk to people, you know, do, do, networking as much as you can uh, because typically at the end of the day that really is what ultimately connects people to jobs in some way find a way to build and establish a relationship well Ru ruby just said um she says, i'm on the life sciences side and we do want a graduation date which i think is interesting. okay that's fair know. yeah and i'm and fair enough but it's always it's, it's always interesting like with different industries uh kind of what it takes but i mean i've i've um I think on like resumes as well like um, i probably lean more towards your side of like not putting <laughs> putting yeah. that type of information because people just they automatically do the math and then you just put yourself in a situation where yeah you know. i understand the life sciences probably want you know really relevant degrees more up-to-date research type of thing so i totally get that but i i guess that was just my my hr monster coming out just thinking <laughs> ways to ways to protect yourself as best as possible whenever you're putting yourself out there yeah what about like i i, I it was an interesting uh post from a friend of mine well actually she i dm'd her because she got a job really really quickly in this market as a recruiter and one of the things she said was like being one of like the first 50 applicants was like really, really helpful. And obviously yeah. it's like people are going through all the applications, but obviously it's like, if you go through 50, if you go through 50 applications and you've got like five to 10 resumes or however many that number is that you're looking for that are qualified, it's like, even if you look through until the end, it's like, you may have already kind of found the, the people yeah. screen. So um have you seen that like kind of just you know i mean you think that makes an impact i would bet that there is likely some resume screening fatigue going on out there for people who are hiring so that's a good point but i will say don't don't follow linkedin's numbers though because the um sometimes it looks like maybe 500 people have applied but that really means 500 people followed that link to the site, right? You don't know whether they actually applied or not. So don't get discouraged by that. But I definitely would say, you know, turn your notifications on, stay on top of that. You can set alerts in LinkedIn for new jobs coming available, yeah. um, either in your area or, you know, set your parameters there and just stay on top of it. No, I, I think that's, uh, that's what she had said too, like just regularly checking the job boards. Um, what about like, I know one of the things you said too is like, you know, recruiters kind of applying for different jobs. So what is some kind of, I'd be curious just to get your advice on like, you know, kind of being in that seat and seeing some of the, some of the resumes 
go through. And obviously there's a lot of uh, recruiters that watch the show. So if there's recruiters that are maybe looking to kind of go into other areas, like what advice would you have just in terms of like how they could structure or like what they should focus on, on their resume, depending on the type of role that they're going for? Yeah. Um, so obviously recruiting now ties to somewhat to marketing and branding, right? And community building and sales. So those are like three of the top skills that I think recruiters sort of need in today's world or talent acquisition folks need in today's world. So, so think about how you can leverage those skills that you have into whatever industry you want to go in. And personally, I would start with whatever industry I had been recruiting in, because that's where I have connections. That's where I have a little bit of knowledge. So even if it's, even if it is like bioscience, maybe you're a recruiter for biosciences, obviously you can't go be a, 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 an immunologist somewhere, but you, you can see if you can get into medical sales or something along those lines. So think of the skill set you have and start either researching or or um, thinking about how you can connect that to something new using the skill sets that you already have and the yeah, connections you I already have. That. I love that. I think that's, uh, yeah, and the other area too is like customer service, recruiters can do, do a good job yep. depending on what, that, what they're, they're looking for. No, that's, that's, uh, that's very helpful. Yeah, there's a lot of customer success, customer support jobs too, actually, now that you mention it, that could be good because that's about building relationships. And that's a big, huge, important thing for recruiters is kind of that both both retention and acquisition sales, but it's it's often that acquisition where you're holding on to that relationship and hiring more for that, that type of thing. Yeah, no, that's uh, that is great advice. And I see uh, Ayush is just asking about uh, looking for a job in the U.S., so this Probably anyone who's who's been asking about jobs on the chat, like definitely uh, happy to help out with any of that stuff. If you just send me a connection request in a DM, uh, but we're not going to get to those those conversations on this live. Um, but Joy, for what what about you? Like in terms of uh, your kind of own brand and own content, uh, where can people find you? Like if they if they want to connect. Yeah, I'm um, I'm active on LinkedIn. Um, I, I need to be even more active on LinkedIn, but I do throw posts out there occasionally. Um, three, I am, three times a day is the minimum to be on this show. So, yeah. Oh, uh, well, you, yeah, I've squeezed through somehow. <laughs> um, but no, I've managed to, I've managed to build, you know, a, a little bit of a network there. Like I said, I've been on there since 2006. So some of those have come along with me over the years, but um you know, I post content and I, it's my goal to be as authentic and real as possible, even on LinkedIn and not in a way that's over personal, but is supportive of other people out there and very real. And just, I put it out there. I'm a tell it like it is kind of person. And, and I love it when my story may help someone else. And I, I, I saw you, um, are you writing articles as well? Like, are you writing articles for different publications? I have in the past, not recently, but yeah, I've done some, I've done some writing. I used to be heavily involved in, um, I, I'm an ex-military spouse. So I used to do writing for military spouse magazines, that type of thing. It's been a while, but yeah. Very cool. Well, love it. Well, I know we're, we're kind of getting to the time here. So um, any, uh, I always just invite guests too. like, is there any uh, hard to fill positions right now that if anyone out there, you know, is, uh, interested in or is there any um i guess even just for like marketing pros if there's any kind of marketing pros like 
where's the, where's the best place for them to uh, to kind of apply and, and find out what you're working on? Um, for, for what we're doing right now, it's, uh, just designity.com slash careers. Yeah. Um, it's a cool, engaging website. It's a very different application process. Um, we don't take resumes and, uh, and it's, it's a lot of fun and interactive, um, and sort of, uh, keeps on brand with changing the, the landscape of the industry. Very cool. Well, guys, go to the go to the website. I'll, I'll tag. Uh, well, I'll put the address to you in in the main post. Um, and then I would say too, if you're not following Joy, go go follow her. If, you know, send her a connection request if it makes sense too. Um, and then I always just say, like, if you're gonna DM somebody on LinkedIn, you got to be patient because not everybody is just sitting around uh, waiting for DMs like me on LinkedIn. Uh, yeah, that's all. That's all recruiters do is we just sit on LinkedIn and and uh, and of course kind of make fun of people that's that's uh that's at least what all the recruiters i know do but uh perfect well yeah i i love uh i love the conversation and i i would also encourage you guys to um if you go on youtube i know joy's been on a number of podcasts as well so definitely go check out some of those other episodes as well and um and then yeah i guess in in terms of like last question i'll ask and i used to end the show like this but i think it's always a good way to end um you know for anybody who might be earlier on in their recruiting career right now and is maybe questioning like do i want to be in this like what advice would you give and um you know even just like thinking back to your agency days like what what advice would you give to someone who's kind of in that position right now yeah i would say if you're considering it keep in mind the importance of being scrappy and i don't think the i i mean i think to be successful and grow you have to be willing to go a step beyond um, and and it, it can be really easy to stand out but find ways to help and add value and um, do that but I, I'd say early in my career the best advice I ever got was just be quiet mm. and listen and and be comfortable in the silence because someone else will fill it with information that will probably add value to you so in the beginning it was just be quiet and then learning and then contributing more so um you know just stay as active and aware and just a constant learner um and it's not you know it's not a field for the weak of heart but it can be a lot of fun and super rewarding and such a celebration when you do make those placements feel great yeah, I love that. I love it. Well, guys, I appreciate everybody who's out there. I know uh, we've, we've had a couple of other people asking about jobs, but guys, if you want to know about jobs, you can always go to hirewell.com. It's where we, we've got the open jobs that uh, our team's working on. Um, and then, guys, if you're in TA, join the Shine community because I think, I think kind of what Joy was talking about, like being a part of a community in your field can be really helpful for like learning, can open up other opportunities. So go go to the link tree on my profile, join the Shine community, go send Joy a connection request, go follow her. And, uh, and guys, next week, I will be back with another guest for episode 26. So pay attention to that. And if you haven't subscribed to my newsletter, I've got to do a plug for the newsletter. If you haven't subscribed, please go subscribe to it as well, because I announce all of the guests, all the prior episodes, um, and also announce the schedule as well, if you want to stay in touch of where, where I am at and what I'm doing. Uh, so again, thanks to to Bright Hire, our sponsor. I really appreciate that. And uh, enjoy. Thank you so much for your time. It My was pleasure. a pleasure to learn from you and see how you guys are 
disrupting the staffing agency world uh, for for the better, I would say. Right, right. So well, thank so you for much. having me. It was yeah. great. Yeah, you're welcome. And Laszlo, Isaac, Jackie, Justin, Matt, Diane, I really appreciate all of you guys' engagement. And uh, we will see you next week. I'm going to end this broadcast.